Hello and welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. Uh, we're here with Michael Owen, the managing partner of Event Genuity. Um, he's been in the meetings and events world for like 30 or more years. Um, also set on the MPI board of directors, was chair of the uh, CIC Apex Industry Group. And uh, before that was uh, in the music industry for years and years, I think maybe 50 years or so, uh, Michael. Uh, I'm only 27. Uh, so. <laughs> that's a that's a dangerous age in You're, rock and roll. I'm 27 <laughs> with uh, multiple decades of experience. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Um, I, I said you were really wanting to talk about a subject that I think is very important, and we've covered it. And I've, you know, interviewed folks that um, go to our industry events from uh, the record industry, basically, or the film industry, and it's all about music licensing, right, Michael? Why is that important for people who plan meetings and events? Well, it, it's so largely misunderstood as, as to what it is, how it works, who gets paid, why they get paid, uh, why it's necessary to have a license. Uh, the bottom line is why it's necessary to have a license is this is copyrighted material. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, somebody uh, holed up in a room or had a, had a divine inspiration and, and wrote material and, and, uh, they deserve to be paid for, uh, you know, the right to use it publicly. Um, it's the, the, the fact is, is that the, the performing rights organizations are the ones who police this area. And, and maybe that's too strong a word, but who are in charge of, of collecting royalties for the, uh, uh, artist and songwriter. Um, and, and it, and it's come up over and over again. It's something I've been aware of clearly for a long time because I've been doing, uh, uh, concert work with national artists and everything from that to a DJ and a monkey on a banjo, frankly. Right. So, so they all get, it, they all get paid about the same now. Right? They all, they do get paid about the same. And, 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 and some of them, you know, they work for exposure. So I don't, <laughs> I'm not, I'm told I can't use exposure anymore because it'll kill you. So, <laughs> um, but you know, anytime, if you think about it, music's everywhere. Right. Yeah. And so we go to conference and you have the big buildup for the opening general session, right? You may have music played on the exhibit floor. Uh, a speaker may use uh, uh, music. Uh, you'll have bumper music to bring the CEO on and then the speaker and then one thing and another. Uh, you'll have um, uh, networking events, an opening uh, uh, reception, a closing gala. Right. And so music is used at, at all of those. And so the, the need to have the have permission to use is important. Though, frankly, Tyler, the chances of getting caught are slim. It's not like that they have an army of people that can go out and, and listen. But let's say, for instance, you're playing, your, 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 your uh, event is in a hotel somewhere and somebody walks by and they, they happen to be with BMI or ASCAP, yeah. which are the two main publishing companies. There are several more. Um, excuse me, not publishing companies, performing rights organizations. Um, and if they hear that and they turn it in, you're liable for all of that. The fine can be astronomical. Really? Using like, what are we looking at? Yeah. And it's not something, one, one of the, one of the tenets of, of music licensing for, for these types of events is, uh, 
is the assumption that if the venue has a license, that one is covered, mm-hmm. and that that's simply not true. There's and a the venue might tell you that also, right? Well, and 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 I got started really deeply. I mean, it's something I'm I'm very well versed in because I've been in the business so long. Um, that I had read an article in one of the industry magazines that was incorrect. And one of the advice, one of the uh, pieces of advice was make sure in your contract that the hotel has a performing rights uh, license. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like you, I have friends in the media and I said, I, and I like the person who wrote, I won't say who it is, but I, I like and respect the person who wrote the article and 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 quite frankly, uh, uh, believe that he was working at the time with the best of intentions, but he was dead wrong about that. Uh, the fact is that a venue license will cover everything that the venue uses, whether it's a hotel, whatever, uh, a piano player in the lobby, uh, a DJ or a band in the lounge, music in the elevators and the public spaces. But once you go into the ballroom or the, the uh, convention space, that's the responsibility of the end user. Mm. That's something that the end user doesn't understand so much of the time. I can recall I had. Uh, yeah, it might Tim be something Le- that even the facility doesn't quite understand. Even the facilities don't. Intentions. Yeah, exactly. The facilities don't understand, nor do the, the production companies. Mm-hmm. A production company can't buy a license for you. If you're the if you're the owner, the event owner, you are fully responsible for the licensing. So, several years back, I had uh, Tim McGraw down in uh, for a corporate gig down in uh, Atlanta, and the client said, "Well, why wait? Why don't we? Uh, why doesn't Tim just sign off on permission? These are all clearly his songs." Right. Said, well, you're right that they are his songs, but they were written by somebody else. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have the authority to give you permission to use that. Right. He, he doesn't, he can't do that as a producer. I'm told, well, you, we have to have in our contracts, the, the understanding with the clients that, you know, all necessarily local licenses, et cetera, permission to use the venue and parking and one thing and another, this is the same thing. It's all the responsibility of the end user. And, and how about what if you have like a speaker with a PowerPoint and all of a sudden they they start, uh, you know, playing some uh, Led Zeppelin to rile up the crowd or something? Uh, same same thing there. The, the it, it, it's whoever is the the speaker couldn't buy. Geez, I think my voice is about to change. I may be younger than 27. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the, the speaker is not who buys it. The DJ is not who, who is in responsible. It's the, the person who has the ultimate benefit and they see the ultimate benefit as profit attendance, any, any variety of things such as that. Mm-hmm. But by, I, I get challenged back because they say that we don't think that's right. I said, well, then we're going to have to change the law because this is the way yeah. the law works. This is, this is uh, legal stuff. Now it's scary when you get into uh, conversations with with folks who don't understand how it works who, who, about well I'm going to get caught what's the potential for my liability if we do get caught uh, it's it, it, it there's more mystery in it than there needs to be for instance yeah, it, okay it's and, not like and, you're having a, a a party in your backyard and you put on the music right exactly and that you just pointed out the 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 one uh, 
there are there are a couple of exemptions. I started to say one. There are a couple of exemptions. One, if it's just a close gathering of, of family and friends, you know, wedding reception, a picnic mm-hmm. in the backyard, what have you, uh, that's forgiven. In here's another thing. So I, I did a session for uh, religious conference managers uh, this year. So I had to bone up on that area. That's a whole another area when you talk about the the nonprofits, the churches, what have mm-hmm. you. And the 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 line drawn there is that if music is used in a religious setting and in a religious service. You don't have to pay. If it is, if you're doing a picnic or if you're doing a, you know, you're bringing in a, a concert with say one of the, uh, you know, cr- Christian contemporary artists or something like that, then it goes back to the rules that we've been talking about, which is you have to have a license to use that material. That's all real confusing. Uh, it, it, it can be, I guess it's not to me because I'm rock and roll dyslexic. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, or that I've been around it for a while. Another misconception and another thing that was in that original artist article I was telling you about is it said, look, get Spotify. Spotify has already paid the, uh, the, right. uh, uh, you think you'd it, be covered, but, right? But you're not right. It, it's not covered. Really? No, it doesn't matter the source, right? Uh-huh. You could play it on a CD. You could play it on iTunes. Uh, you could have your own recording from somewhere else. You could play it on the radio. The source doesn't matter. It's that you're using copyrighted music for your event. Mm-hmm. So uh, these are these are things that that scare the bejesus out of everybody else. So yeah. now we're, we're mainly today talking about performing rights, uh, right? Uh, 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 permission, and what typically happens is you'll buy a blanket license. Now, the bad news is you need to have a, a license. A blanket license says you don't have to buy a, a license for individual songs. Mm-hmm. A blanket license from from ASCAP and BMI will cover the majority of every song that's out there. And that will cover that speaker that comes up, that DJ that's playing at the uh, at one of your receptions, right. the closing night concert, the, the walk-in music, the bumper music, everything. Um, but what, ha- and what happens is the performing rights organizations issue a blanket license for their entire catalog. Okay. Okay. So they, they, the charge is run by number of attendees, number of events over the course of a year. Uh-huh. Um, and frankly, it's, it's, it's not crazy expensive. It's, and you, uh, do you go, I, where, I, would, where do you go to find out more information about that? Uh, ASCAP has uh, call me. I'll come speak to your group, uh, for exposure. I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, I'll just just record you and I'll just uh, play it as many times as I want. Yeah. We'll have to figure out how to monetize the podcast. That's what we'll do. (laughs) Um, the, you, you pay the performing rights organizations. There are three in the United States. Uh, that's ASCAP, the American society of composers, artists, and, and performers and BMI, Broadcast Music Incorporated. And I don't remember the what CSAC is. CSAC is now known as CSAC, but it's, mm-hmm. it has also. The, the, the two big ones, the two majority, who have the majority of the catalogs are BMI and ASCAP. Okay. So you need a license with each of them. 
but uh, they have voluminous um what's the term i want to use um frequently asked questions mm-hmm. as, oh yeah as, on, their, as on their website and such yeah and, as yeah. to why and how um that the this is supposed to work so you know as as i said it, it's What's scary is that if you look at, not scary, but what, what will wake people up is if you'll say, for instance, um, remember Happy for Pharrell Williams? Great yeah, song. You know, I heard that a million times at like every a, industry association gathering, it seemed like. Exactly. A, a bazillion plays. So uh, Happy in 2014. 43 million streams on Pandora in the first quarter of 2014. They paid for Rail Williams 2,700 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a million streams of a song on Pandora yields about $60 in royalty. Uh huh. You know, so when we think that, oh my gosh, this is the artist, you know, listen, no. we, we, you know, we're very careful to make sure that speakers don't use, you know, you, you have, language in a contract that says says you know make sure that they have permission to use photos and images and 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 everything else and, yeah. and this is just very much the same i mean you have a creator somewhere who who made this material and you know it's like with the recent uh, success of uh, of the queen movie right you're hearing yeah. i'm hearing a lot of queen and you're going to be hearing event. elton john coming up too now because that's uh-huh. like the next big one coming up the movie yep. yeah so it, it's it just means that that you're you are responsible. Let me let's let's give a couple of other scenarios. Let's say that you have a a an exhibition as part of your program. Mm-hmm. Well, if you've ever walked through an exhibit hall, I mean, there's all kinds of noise going on in there. Right. So you ask the question. Well, wait a minute. Isn't that individual? Uh, exhibitor or, or space holder aren't they responsible well no no huh? yeah they're not it's the end user but again for one and it's it's actually pennies a person uh-huh. they have a minimum but it's a, a pennies per person when they do the calculation now could be eight cents seven cents six cents what have you it's a pain to go through filling out. You don't have to fill out what songs you play. You don't have to go through all of that. You have to tell them how many people, mm-hmm. how many times you meet, etc. And then they'll do the computation and, and they'll either take the minimum or, or you'll owe based on, on, and it's kind of, it's an honor system really. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to come out and count the people who are at your event, but it's an honor system of uh, the best estimate that you can make. And while it's one more thing and a pile of things that we have to do to plan a conference, it's it it's not only the right thing to do it's the yeah, law sure yeah i know uh, you probably have this uh, knowing a lot of musicians but it's sort of an inside joke on facebook they'll they'll post their check for uh, 10 cents for some song they wrote you know 20 years mm-hmm. ago they're like the sure. big, the big payoff right so they aren't sure. like you said they're typically a lot of them they aren't raking in the bucks on this kind of stuff right yeah, you know the the a, a a songwriter, you know, coming from Nashville, um, Nashville is is built on the backs of the creative class, the songwriters, the music mm-hmm. industry in Nashville. Um, so yeah, the most famous people are you know are uh, Blake Shelton and Tim McGraw and uh, Luke Bryant and and 
the Carrie Underwood and all of those. Um, and some of them write their own material, but most of them don't. Yeah. And even those that do, a good song is a good song. If they hear a good song that's written by someone else, then they do. So now the, the songwriters don't get anything for someone performing their song. They get it They get it because someone performed their song. They don't mm-hmm. get performance fees. They get per- performing rights that, uh, fees, the right to use. They, they license the right to, for you to use their music. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it doesn't make sense. So, I mean, there, there's a concept known as vicarious liability where uh, companies uh, or even individuals could be considered responsible for the infringement if they have the right, uh, if, if they have the right and ability to supervise the playing or non-playing of music. Uh-huh. Now, let, let me digress a minute on that one. Let's say you're in, uh, I, I don't know, a hotel somewhere, one of the top hotels somewhere. And you decide to hold a gathering in their um, bar, in their lounge. And they have a piano player or they have a a DJ who's already there. And you're just doing the event in a corner of the lounge. Mm -hmm. In that instance, you're not responsible. Yeah. If you hire out the lounge and you bring in, if you have control uh, of supervision of the playing or non-playing, you are responsible for the end of as the end user for that licensing. Mm-hmm. And it, if you receive a financial benefit from the public performance of music, that's the other thing. That's why when you say a close, uh, a close circle of family and friends, mm-hmm. you're not receiving any financial benefits, any, but, uh, if you're an association, it doesn't matter if you're a nonprofit, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a church, if you're using a, if you're a church and you're using, uh, secular uh, material or in fact material of any kind that is licensed mm-hmm. um, at an event that is not and directly not a, not a, a church service yeah right yeah yeah it yeah and I, I I would add too that and we've uh, run stories on this the same thing holds true for uh, motion pictures too and you, know, you mm-hmm. should, I think it's the motion picture licensing corporation right and I've even run they've had a booth I forget if it was at ASAE maybe and, yeah I believe it was yeah. right and so it's important enough to them to exhibit at something like ASAE I mean you got to know it should be on your radar if you're planning events right well it it <sighs> It makes sense when you start to boil it down. I mean, you know, we we all in our business, we all, we've got Wi-Fi fees, we got electrical plug-ins, we've got the evil empire AV companies, and you know all the things that we rail against, and the hotels, and the coffee, and the the cost of coffee, and and all of that. Um, and you think, what's this? One more? Well, right. yeah, it's one more that you should think about, and it's it's one more again that uh, one check for your estimated whatever, if you've got a four or five day uh, event, or if you've got multiple events, Mm -hmm. once you have that formula down, you pay once you're covered. Right. So, and let me say this, I don't get a commission from the performing rights organization. You should. It's just trying to, to, (laughs) to close the circle around why you need to think about this for us. It's been in my, our contracts for years. 
And a lot of times people will get it and they'll go, well, wait a minute, we don't, you know, we've never done this before. Um, and I'm not going to tell them, you know, that not to. I say, you know, you, chances of getting caught, mm, you want to take a chance? Yeah. I, I'm not going to advise you to do that. I'd advise you to go ahead and pay the thing. Right. But if you do, then you have to assume all that vicarious liability. You have to assume the liability. And there's been weird stories um, uh, of, you know, somebody walking by a room or in the case of licensing for bars, et cetera, walking, you know, walking into a bar and having a drink and hearing one of their songs. Right. And that one song uh, generates uh, an alert, not a, not an alert, let's call it, but uh, a question mark as to what these individuals are doing. Then they start to look in the rest of the songs you're playing mm-hmm. and they can charge I, you know, it's a substantial amount of money yeah. per song. That that's why the fines can, if you are caught, can get out of out of hand and get right. crazy. Well, great. Well, thanks for joining us today, Michael. It, it is a very important uh, topic, and uh, one I, I bet the vast majority of people it's not even on their radar, and they don't have uh, the proper coverage for something like this. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and, you know, it, when you think about it in terms of being the right things to do and, and some of these folks like poor, poor Pharrell, I feel so feel so bad for Pharrell that he only made twenty seven hundred on eight million plays or whatever. We'll start a GoFundMe page for him. I right. <laughs> but when you think about, you know, those starving artists and, and you know, it, it it just makes sense. Yeah. Plus the fact that once it's done, you know, it's kind of like auto insurance. Once I've got my auto insurance, at least I know I'm covered if I, if, if I get hit or somebody, if I hit somebody mm-hmm. uh, and it, it, it's, it just makes sense. And I, I hope that we, if, if nothing else, move the needle a little bit today. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. Where can people find out more about uh, what you do? Well, I'm at, uh, our website is eventgenuity.com. Um, I am a frequent presenter at industry events. I'll be at IMEX coming up and uh, World Education Congress for MPI and something else. I don't remember what that is. <laughs> uh, if it's Tuesday, I'm, it yep. must be Belgium. I'll probably see right? you there too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So there, and uh, I'm just always around, and we we do this session uh, frequently and several others that we talk about. Well, excellent. Thanks again, Michael. I appreciate you joining us. All right, buddy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you all out there in uh, podcast listener land for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. Uh, head on over to meetingstoday.com and check out our podcast section there. Mm-hmm.